Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. You can listen to KJM on your smart speaker. Say play ESPN Radio. You can download the podcast, and you can listen on the ESPN app. Yep. Oh, I'm using that more and yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Take, take us everywhere. What's going on, Key? All right, Ice Cube. Nothing. <laughs> I was just, I, I, you know me, I got a lot of stuff going on in my mind. Mm. Like just what? in general. Huh? Yeah, you always do, but like what? Um... I was trying. I was sitting here. I was thinking a couple things. Here's one. What's the what's the the the, the top food in America? I was I was because I'm already thinking about <laughs> my dinner. He, what is, he's you're thinking about your dinner. It's four in the morning your time. You thinking about? Yeah. I tell you the top food about, in America. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to plan my day. Cheeseburger. Answer is cheeseburger. Cheeseburger so is our, the greatest no. food ever invented and the top food in America. No, nothing beats a cheeseburger. No, no. I'm serious though. It, what what's the the top cuisine, so to speak. There you go. You mean you mean the highest level, or I mean, like no, like the top food cuisine. Like what what for what dinner? Key specifically go to for dinner. I say Italian food is like the is like if you're there gonna you go. yeah Italian That's food what I is thought. the yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I did. I was sitting there. I'm thinking, okay, do I want Italian? Because I feel like I'm Italian. I eat Italian. Mm-hmm. I feel like every single day. Right. And I'm like, do I want to go to do I want to go have Italian food for dinner tonight, or do I want sushi? You know, because I don't really Here's want a switch up. food. Here's a switch up. Because you want to stay steak. in the... Look, stay in the Mediterranean, right? It's like a twist on Italian. Greek. Yeah, but then you got to realize... Healthy, yeah. feel good but, after. But you got to also realize it's not just me. I got to think for other people, too. Well, what no, they going to eat. But you're only get talking about you, though. Like, what, chicken what, what, and rice stuff want? at a Greek place. Well, I'm all you know? Mediterranean. That's my wife. We're, yeah. we're all about Oh, by the way, what do we talk about? We talked about that spot in L.A., Key. That's basically Greek. Yeah, but I don't want panini. But yeah, but panini is like that. You know, I, I know, but I don't want I don't want panini cafe. I'm I'm yeah. trying to figure it out. But good, I think good I'm as hell, though, Key. I think I'm wind up going. I think I'm gonna wind up going Italian because they could always eat. You know, pasta with just red sauce. See, that's and so heavy. See, that's see what so Key? Heavy no, see what time, key, key? Key? See what you're doing? You're doing the thing. It's on your mind. That Sean McVay does with Cooper Cup. You're debating. You're going back and forth. You're like, maybe I'll try. And then in the end, it's like, that dude's good for a hundred yards. I'm going to hit. Italian. I'm good. Yeah, I I'm can good, do what I need I to do. I can find a lot of good stuff for me, and then I can find a, a salad for them, and they'll be fine. They're vegan, so they gonna be all right. It was one of your and then best the other transitions thing, of all time. No, Max. I just want to give you some thank credit you. on that. That was thank no. Very and then the other thing thank I was thinking about, and I, and I wanted to, and I wanted to yeah. text James or ask them during the break. Because I was thinking about the Rams, and I was thinking about the defeat. And I was saying to myself, what's the percentages of teams that win the championship that lose opening day the next year? Good question. What are the percentages? Like, I was just trying to think. You know, because so much is going in from an emotional standpoint coming off a year that you win and your ring celebration and OBJ got the trophy. And, you know, it just becomes a lot. 
So you lose focus. And I was wondering, I was like, they lost. Did we? I couldn't remember if we lost when we won. Has New England lost? Did the Lakers lose? Did the Yankees lose opening day? That sort of stuff. But that's me and my brain. Let's see. 2011, there's an article I found. Uh, Super Bowl champion. No, this is like going over the whole season, not um, not I, the I, following. Yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is. But I, I, I will say this. Last night was about the Buffalo Bills to me. It was about the Bills. It wasn't about the Rams and the embelling of the banner and the rings and OBJ with the trophy and Dwayne Johnson saying, The Rock, let's go, and Andrew Whitworth you know, being on the sideline with his team. It was about how dominant the Bills were and the fact that they won by 21 points even after having four turnovers. And, Key, we talked a lot about over the course of this past week managing the hype, right? Josh Allen being the odds-on favorite to be the MVP. The Bills being the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. I get it that there's a long season here. And you have to sustain this level of play. And you have to deal with managing injuries and all those things that come along with the adversity every championship team faces. But if you're talking about last night, that defense looks like it's on par with the offense. Josh Allen exceeded expectations. And Von Miller in that pass rush, he was the lead singer. They, for only rushing four people, they were dominant, and they were always in Matthew Stafford's face consistently. And that, to me, was the, the missing link from them last year, having that person that was consistently able to get through and put pressure on the quarterback. That's what Von Miller brings to this team. So Super Bowl champs in their first game the following season, 38-16-1. So they, they're about 2-1 to one, wins to losses. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I th- wonder what percentage of those games are on the road as opposed to home because this was – I think yeah. most of them are at home. At home, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you win, they usually you know, right, fair. Yeah. They usually opening you up at home. Look, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from the Bills. I'm just trying to figure out why the Rams look the way the Rams look. I mean, like you know, yeah, the Bills went and did what they were supposed to do. They dominated for the most part in all phases of the game. But the Rams didn't look good. The Rams just looked like a team that was walking through emotions. And, and I understand what you're saying, Jay, about the OBJ and the Whitworth and the rock and all the whole thing, but that does play a, that does have an effect on the way teams play, whether you believe it or not, because if you're not focused and dialed in, you get exactly what the Rams got. You get shellacked. So, Keith, let me, let me ask you this because I was curious from your perspective and how it is in football. I know that in basketball, when training camp starts, we have games end of October – but a lot of the times we look at those games like, all right, this is like realistically, this is an extension of training camp, like the first five or six games. Like you're still trying to figure out a lot of stuff. Is, is September kind of that way? No. No. Because we don't have but 16 games, 17 now, but you only have 16. In basketball, you got you can lose, you know, you can give a game to two or three or four and, and sit down and, and you're still in the mix coming to all-star break and, you know, that's not the way it is in, in football. So, you you need to go – you need to win every single quarter, right? You need to – you split it up in quarters, and you need to win every single quarter. You need to be one and three, you know, one and three. You may be able to go two and two. But if you start going – I mean, three and one. If you start going one and three too many times, you're going to be at home. So then why wouldn't a guy like Matthew Stafford play during the preseason if you talk about, like, you know, trust with new pass catchers that he has on this team – like, so why not play if you're getting more prep 
Well, because you're prepping, you were prepping in practice and training camp and joint practices and in routes versus air, things like that. You're not getting the live action. And even if you played in the preseason, that's not – what does that do for you? You play a snap, you get a a, a ball here and there, you throw one or two, you're not in the game from the beginning to the end. Plus, there's always an injury factor that, you know, you don't want to risk injury. Why would you do that? And I understand – like like Max was saying about this thing about what you're used to, the Rams and Sean McVay have had success in a lot of it by not playing his players in the preseason, not giving them the preseason snaps so they can get a feel for everything. I like it that way. They're healthy. Everybody comes into the game healthy. It's the first game. It's the first game. Yeah, it's a long season. They got Atlanta By the way, next week. Super Bowl champ season openers, 35 home games, uh, 20 road games the following season. So there is 35 to 20, and the record reflects it. It's almost the same thing, right? Two to one, give or take. That's a little, you know, the record even exceeds the 35 20 in terms of wins and losses. So So there are four things to me that I take away, and we hit on on a lot of them. Uh, Josh Allen is advertised, the dude is a machine. Von Miller makes a difference on the defense, no doubt. And then on the flip side, Sean McVay, key you identified, got to get other guys involved in the passing game other than Cooper Cup. And I would say you just brushed on Whitworth. Remember, when they got Whitworth is when the whole franchise turned around. Before then, the Rams were kind of struggling. They brought Whitworth in. That offense took off. He ain't there anymore. They got to find a replacement at left tackle. The Lamar Jackson deadline for a new deal is here. What should we expect today from Lamar and the Ravens? Him to sign right after we off the air. <laughs> yeah, right, of course. Guaranteed. No, that'll Carl be Carl Lamar th- sign the contract. That'll be now. Three oh one. I do a show called This Justing with breaking news at three oh one. He'll do it right as I get off the air. Listen to Keyshawn J Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio everywhere you are. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This situation could be Dak Prescott on steroids. Remember we talked about Dak's contract for like two years? 
Well, this could drag out. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that they're going to get something done. I don't see why he would take less. As long as he's willing to push this thing out, there's no reason why you should give them any sort of discount. He's a baller. He wants to go out there and play regardless. Um, but, you know, th- this could get tricky over the next few months. It could indeed. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN mm-hmm. app. We're coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Yeah, Lamar. A lot of quarterbacks should give discounts because you want the team to put something around you, but Lamar showed last year he doesn't even need it. He had nothing around him, and he was beating the whole division by himself until he got hurt. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, with us now. What's going on, Dan? Not a lot. How you guys doing? Danny! Stayed up and watched that whole game. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Feeling good. So I have adrenaline off that thing. Yeah. Well, watching Buffalo, yeah. I mean, like, they they looked every bit the part of the Super Bowl favorite, didn't they? Mid-season form, huh? Von Miller, just a tipping point. You know, it's the fourth time in their last six games that they didn't punt. Yeah, that's wait four <laughs> out of six. Really? And one of them was a playoff game. Yeah, no, they're 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 that's crazy. That's right. Good. They didn't punt against yeah. the Chiefs. No, two of them. They Did they punt, punt against, against the Chiefs? Uh, it was, against the it Patriots. Was the Patriots. It was the Falcons. Did they punt against the Chiefs? And then didn't they, seem like it. And then. Uh, yeah. It's a good good question. I think they did. I think so. Maybe, so I think in other words, the Chiefs didn't. In other words, yeah, in yeah. four of the last six games, they don't punt, including the playoffs. And in one of the games that they did punt, they put up a million points and barely lost. Yeah, yeah. I, they're they're a machine, and I mean layer after layer of great player. Like every time somebody had a sack or made a tackle on defense, like it felt like a different guy got up. Like it was like, oh, they have that guy too, and they're doing it without Tre'Davious White. So. On the road against the defending Super Bowl champs, if they hadn't turned the ball over three times in the first half, they'd probably win by 40. And, and those turn, one turnover was on Josh Allen, but that first one, we got to fix the way we do inter- quarterback interceptions because that was a completion. Hey, I've heard that. Quarterbacks get paid more than anybody else, and if you did that, you'd have to put in a stat for when the receiver makes a great catch on a bad throw too. So no, it, no, you don't have out. to do that. Part. Right? Yeah, you do. You do have to do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Little star by the <laughs> yeah. Keys. Like I led the league in starred plays. Oh, yeah, my career, right? <laughs> you know, I was laughing at last night, Dan. I was on a text message with a lot of my friends, and everybody kept saying, oh, you know, the, the lack of the running game. And uh, we've had this, I had this conversation with multiple of you all last year, man. Like, I'm okay with Josh Allen using that 6'5", 240-pound oh. frame to do what he does. Like, do you think that's inevitable that he could get hurt? Because that's what people kind of use as – That's the reason why he shouldn't play this way. I think if we're nitpicking, right, like if you're a Bills fan and you're watching that game and there's something to give you concern, it's that he looked a little reckless on some of those runs. And some of them late in the game when they're already up big, you're like, why, buddy? Like, why why are we doing this? But, you know, Allen's response would be, look, it's important for him, it's important for his teammates and everybody else to know he's willing to do whatever it takes to win a game. And we've seen him play like this. uh, And, yeah, I think on some level he recognizes that, you know, he has to, he has to, last and that you know at some point he's probably got to make some different decisions in the run game but I mean the people that run the team Brandon being the GM and Sean McDermott the head coach were in Carolina when they drafted Cam Newton and and it's very similar obviously body type and, and running at the goal line and everything so they recognize that they want to make sure that they don't beat him up too much but I mean I don't know maybe if it's the first game he's excited he's fired up uh, obviously he has the ability to do this uh, and it matters that opponents know that. So, yeah, I, I'd give him a break. But I did, in the, late in the fourth quarter, I thought there were a couple oh. runs where I was like, man, I, I think they don't need to be doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, Dan, you mentioned yeah. Carolina and, and Cam Newton. 
And when Jay brought that up, the first thing I was going to say is, all you got to do is check out Cam. How did that work out for the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton's career? If you're going to get 10 years out of a guy, you're going to get a Super Bowl or two out of a guy, you don't want him to not do what makes him who he is. It's just like the Lamar Jackson effect. Mm -hmm. You cannot tell Lamar not to run because you're taking away one of his best attributes. I mean, you you really are. And so I, I would just say, you know what? You better try to get everything you can get out of Josh Allen right now because at some point in time, those guys on that other side are going to find you. They find every single quarterback that runs the football mm-hmm. Like the way that these guys do. Maybe they get away with it for three, four, five years, but eventually they're going to get you. Yeah, I just think, like, specific to last night, right, like you could have a conversation where you say, all right, not going to take anything away from what you do. But here, in the fourth quarter, we're up two scores. You know, this particular run looked a little reckless. Like, let's, let's, try, and, let's try and make a better game-specific decision uh, in cases like this. And I think, you know, he'll probably understand that. I, I – he was excited. There's no question about it. Like, it reminded me a little – I covered their game in Foxborough last year. It was like two weeks after or three weeks after they, they had had the game in Buffalo with the wind and, and it was the low-scoring game that the Patriots won. They were so mad that the Patriots beat them that day. And Allen just took over in Foxborough. Like, it was like, I'm going to make sure everybody knows how good we really are. At last night, watching last night felt a little like that to me. Dan, what should the Rams do to fix whatever – I mean, what's going on with that offense last night? I think they should stop playing the Bills. I think that would be part of that would be a big <laughs> like I, I, I no, I'm serious. Like, I think the Bills are about to make a lot of people look really bad. And I, I think you can point out are there there are I think there are some concerns on the Rams offensive line that, that have to be addressed. Um, I think, you know, I don't know what's going on with Jalen Ramsey. Like he has mm-hmm. he's had a couple of rough mm-hmm. games in a row here. Um I think, you know, they have to get some people involved in the offense besides Cooper Cup. But I, I just, I mean, he got sacked seven times last night. Like, they might have felt like they didn't have the time to do any of that. They get 10 days off. They have great coaches. Uh, I think they'll figure it out. I, I'm not super worried about the Rams off of last night. I'm, I'm, I'm more impressed with what Buffalo showed. Yeah, if you want to be a shutdown corner, they don't throw to that side of the field. Then, when, As Key said, they're going to try you every now and then. You've got to show them why they shouldn't try. Jalen has not been doing that uh, recently. Dan, tick-tock, man. Today is the day Lamar Jackson told the Baltimore Ravens, you have until Friday. Well, you know, it's Friday. Friday at what time, though? That's what I'm asking. Are they going to get it done? It's not end of business yet, Key. And and it's not 11.59 p.m., you know, with 59 seconds on the West Coast, right? I don't know how long you want to extend it, but Friday going to end before too long. They're going to get a deal, Dan? Like, what happened here? He he was at a press conference Wednesday, and they said, like, well, what's the deadline? Is it today? Is it Sunday? And he was like, I don't know, maybe Friday. You know, so, like, it's not like this is – if they came to him tomorrow morning – with the deal he wants, he's not going to say, oh, no, sorry, you didn't beat the deadline. I, I think it's just – I think he's expressing that, you know, he's, he's his own agent. He doesn't want to have to focus on this and playing. So once the season's underway, we're going to put this off till next year. But I think that the takeaway on that is he's willing to do that. Like, I, I can put this on the shelf till next <laughs> offseason. No! And, and he's, I, I know, <laughs> I get it, but this is – everybody's different. And, and, and this guy – 
has expressed and made it clear. And if he's bluffing, we're going to find out in real soon. It doesn't soon. feel like a bluff. No, though, it, does it doesn't not. feel like a bluff. I don't think it is a bluff. And I think he's perfectly content to say, all right, fine. It didn't get done last offseason. It didn't get done this offseason. Maybe next offseason it will. In the meantime, let's go win the Super Bowl. What would, what would be a bluff, though, Dan? Like, what's a bluff? Well, I'm saying, like, if he came tonight or tomorrow and, and just accepted their offer. Took a buck 80, whatever right? they're offering. Like, yeah. they, 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 all right, you guys win. You, you, you got me. I thought you'd come up, but you never did. So that, that would be if he was bluffing. Or if he held out see, that, at the that, last that, second that, or something like see, that. See, me, that, I would be pump faking and bluffing, too. <laughs> yeah. Because in the end, I'm not getting on the field without a new deal. Yeah. I, just, well, I, I can't. I can't watch it. I can't watch him walking out on the, out of that Mean tunnel. Key, I would have taken – if they would have offered $100 million and I was him a year ago, I'd have taken it. But there is a chance, Dan, if he's, if he's serious about this and so are the Ravens, that he makes his 23-plus whatever it is this year. Next year he's franchised. He makes his 40, high 40s, whatever. Mm-hmm. After that, it's a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And he winds up making $120 million over the next three years and then signing a $300 million mm-hmm. contract. He could wind up with $425 million instead of the $100 million I'd have signed for last year. Which, which he knows, and that's, that's why he's willing to do like, Again, it's, uh, injury is one thing. I mean, Dak Prescott suffered a significant ankle injury in his contract year and still got the deal, like the following offseason. Quarterbacks aren't worried about this. They, and, and I know, yeah, he runs around, he plays different, he's at higher risk, but i got to believe he's got all the appropriate insurance policies taken out so that he's financially set even if something does happen. Uh, and... Look, he, he has decided that what matters to him is to get a certain kind of contract. If they don't come to him with that, he is willing to play it out on the fifth-year option on a franchise tag next year. I, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott have followed this model. And remember, look, 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 look. He was a 32 pick, right? He's made $9 million total in, in, in four years, right? Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins were fourth-round picks. These guys had never had a big contract before. Right. Josh Allen and and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, because of where they were drafted, had all already had big, fully guaranteed contracts before they ever set foot on an NFL field. So this is his first real shot at it. And he wants to make the most of it. And I don't blame him. Dan, you know, it, was, it all depends upon what's your risk tolerance. Right. Of and course. obviously for him, he has a higher threshold for that. But Max was talking yesterday and it, it really resonated with me because. I think a lot of times for players, and, and I get it, right, that's life-changing, this generational mm-hmm. type of wealth, right? you got to take it now. But, like, I, I also kind of feel like the mindset of the athlete is changing right in front of our eyes. Sure. And he gave the analogy of, like, of a billionaire, granted billionaire, right, or an owner of a team, that, hey, you have a chance to make $100 million more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the chance to make $100 million more. And we actually see a player saying, I'm going to better myself. Because I believe I can make exponentially more than what I have in front no, of me. No, certainly right they now. wouldn't be like, you know, people are like, oh, Lamar, just take the 100. Who cares about 100 or 200? But the owner wouldn't cut a deal where it's like, I'll take the 100 instead of the 200, right? Why should the player? Well, think, the play, because they, there's risk involved. I don't think there's ever been an NFL owners meeting where anybody said, hey, guys, why don't we just settle for 90% of all the money we could possibly make instead of <laughs> pursuing 100? Like, that's, that's how they operate. So, look, he, 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 has, he has an idea in his mind, uh, this is what I'm worth on a contract. If they don't get to it, fine. Let's play it out and they're going to be sorry because next year that number is going to be even higher. What about, what about the, the, the – not the ego. I guess it is ego, but take the Pittsburgh Steelers out because they don't have a guy like that. But the NFC – the difference between the NFC North and the uh, – sorry, the AFC North and the AFC West is all four teams have a guy mm-hmm. in the AFC West. Three of the four teams have a guy in the AFC North. 
But of those three guys, Deshaun Watson has 230 guaranteed. Mm -hmm. He's in the same division as Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. He's never won an MVP, and Lamar doesn't have any open civil cases that we know of against him, right? Joe Burrow never Mm -hmm. won an MVP. They go to the Super Bowl, never won an MVP, and he's a month older than Lamar Jackson. And when he signs and the cap's going up, it's going to be – so Lamar's sitting there going, wait a minute, time out. Somehow you're going to explain that through circumstance – I'm the lowest paid guy in my own division when I'm better than those guys. Look at the track record, right? I get it. A hundred percent. I think he's absolutely right to insist on whatever it is that he thinks he's worth. If, if, if you want to pay Lamar Jackson less than, than Cleveland's paying Deshaun Watson, I would love to hear your justification for that. Mm. And I, I, get, look, I get it, right? Watson was effectively a free agent. He had four teams bidding. He had told the Browns no. They had to come over the top with some insane deal in order to get him. I get all that. I understand market factors. And so the Ravens will say to Lamar Jackson, that's an exceptional case. We can't use that as the example. And Lamar Jackson will correctly say to the Baltimore Ravens, I don't really care how, right? It's like, it's like when they say in, in, in golf, right? It's not how, it's how many. Like, like the score is the score. Like that, that 230 is, is, is on the board. Yeah, And I'm better and deserve more, and he's right. They want to look at Kyler Murray, who has certain issues and has not done what Lamar's done. They want to look at Russell Wilson, who's mm-hmm. 32 and is Aaron on his Rogers, third contract. It's not the same right. thing. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. You can get more from Dan on... Get up, get up at 8 a.m. Oh, yeah, yeah, two in a row. That's Ooh, right. Not, ju- not this just in? Well, yeah, I'll be on this just in. He'll be on this just in, so will Sam Macho, but I didn't even shout it out. You see? See what I did? Wow. I had you shout it out. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, using an agent instead of doing it yourself like Lamar. But I had to trick him into it. Yeah. <laughs> what has you most <laughs> excited about your NFL team this season? 888-SAY-ESPN. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. All right. As the man said, this is four downs. First up, the 49ers. Seven-point favorites at the Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern. First down. 49ers at Bears. Key, what do you think? You know, it's going to be interesting to see. This will be Trey Lance's first opportunity as a full-time starter going up against another young quarterback that came out of this class. This is two guys that we'll see for a very long time, and Trey Lance and Justin Fields taking the reins of both teams in trying to get their teams into the playoffs and the Super Bowls for years to come. I like the San Francisco 49ers in this game. There's no question about it. I think Chicago is undermanned. They're not ready to go just yet. A couple years from now, they'll be a better team. San Francisco will cover and win this game. Yeah, look, uh, San Francisco, seven-point favorite in this game. I would take that. I think San Fran comes out to a hot start. That poor old line by the Chicago Bears, uh, they're going to put a lot of pressure on Justin Fields. Only completed 59% of his passes last season. I think it's going to be another difficult year for Justin. It's going to start off in a very difficult way with the 49ers defense. I think that's Trent. Second down. Thank you. Browns at Panthers. This is an interesting game. You got the Cleveland Browns going into Carolina. They're going to hang out and see their good buddy in Baker Mayfield who went to Carolina took the starting job away from Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield, when you look at him as a quarterback in the National Football League, there's been a lot of 
different variations of what we saw over the last couple of years with him in Cleveland. This should be different for him in Carolina. They needed a quarterback. They went out and got him. On the other hand, the Cleveland Browns are a much better football team, I think, all the way around. The question is, can Jacoby Brissett beat the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield? I believe in this particular situation it's an even game, so I'm taking the Cleveland Browns because I think they got a better team and a better roster. Yeah, crazy. It was a one-half point favorite for the uh, for the Panthers. It's moved to a pick em. Curious to see what the public thinks on that one. Um, but, look, I, I think this comes down to the pass rush for the Panthers. Can they stop that run of guys like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt? And also, Ken, Key, the biggest question, which you alluded to, that I have for all the games until Deshaun Watson comes back for the Browns is can Percet keep this team from being one-dimensional? Like, that's the biggest question I have for any game that Jacoby Brissett plays in. I like um, I like Baker like you Me do. Me too. It's a real like you do. Game, I like him in a revenge game against a team without the starting – without him anymore and without the guy they brought in with against the backup. I like Baker in this game at home. Third down. Raiders at Chargers. You know, this is my big matchup of the week, one that I really am paying attention to because as far as I'm concerned, these are two California teams. They have a rivalry going dating back all the way to when the Chargers was in San Diego and the Raiders were here in Los Angeles. You got Devontae Adams coming over from the Green Bay Packers. We know what type of player he is. You look at Derek Carr, there's a lot of question marks about what type of player he could potentially be, although we all know that he is certainly good. Then there's the young gun in Justin Herbert, a guy that got the most TD passes at 69 yards at 9,350 9, completions at 839. He's done an amazing job in two years in the National Football League in NFL history. I don't necessarily know that the Chargers are going to go into Las Vegas and do anything with this great roster. I'm picking the Raiders in this situation. I got to tell you, last night I thought it was the best game on the slate for the entire weekend. And after seeing the drubbing that the Rams took last night from the Bills, like I'm like, all right, well, I was wrong. I think this is the best game on the slate of the weekend. It's a divisional round game. This is what we've been talking about. The AFC West, the Raiders and the Chargers. And for all the hype, once again, we saw Josh Allen exceed expectations on the hype of being the forefront MVP candidate, right? Odds on favorite. Justin Herbert has a lot of odds, too. I wonder if he can go on the road, similar to Josh Allen, and exceed expectations for a third-year quarterback that we all see as the next coming of Jesus himself on the football field. I like the Chargers here. I think that it's been too lightly kind of covered, the Raiders' offensive line, in good. And Leatherwood, you know, just got cut, and they drafted him how long? A year ago, right? Secondary issues, too, for the Raiders. Secondary issues, too. And, and but that's been well covered, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that they can't so well cover, but 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 the offensive line is also an issue. And I look at the Chargers, like the Raiders just turned it around, sort of right after Gruden. Chargers have been steady building the way kind of the Bills have, and I think it's their time. I, I like the Chargers here at home. Fourth down, Buccaneers at Cowboys. This is the Sunday night slate, right? It's an eight twenty p.m. Eastern game. And when you talk about what went on last year with the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, here we are again, the Buccaneers going into Dallas. Tom Brady, get this, is 6-0 against the Cowboys. In a lifetime, he's owned them. But as Lee Corso will say, 
Not so fast, my friend. This defense of the Dallas Cowboys certainly is going to show up. Led the league with 34 takeaways last season. I can only expect for them to get better now that they are now in the second year of Dan Quinn's defense. This is the thing that is the Achilles Hills, the Achilles Hills to the Buccaneers. The offensive line is struggling. We know what the defensive front is for the Dallas Cowboys. I think Dallas, I guess you would call it an upset. An upset victory against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a minus 2.5. I think similar to last night, I, I think you'll see Tom Brady get the ball out quick and often, not really giving those pass rushers opportunity to get to him. And also what we saw last night, Jalen Ramsey, right? We talk a lot about these these corners and their coverage. Trayvon Diggs, I mean, he got exposed a little bit too towards the end of the season. I wonder if Tom Brady will pick on that relationship. Diggs is like a boom or bust type of corner. Yeah. He's going to make the player blow it big, but something big's going to happen. Um, I'm with you, Key. I feel like the more I think about it, the thing that worries me about the Cowboys this year, no one's picking them. They're flying under the radar, <laughs> and yet they got Parsons on the defense. And by the way, Tom Brady's got a problem on the O-line in the middle. It's going to be not as much of a pocket for him to step into, which is going to be a problem for him. I don't care how quick you get rid of the ball. He needs a pocket to step into. I think the Cowboys, in what Key said, is kind of like considered an upset here. Game's in Dallas, right, Key? Yep. Yeah. I mean, Jerry's I world. Yeah. Four how downs. About Cowboys? Four downs is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. By the way, ask and ye shall receive. Dominique Foxworth joins us. <laughs> Next, to explain why he believes Justin Fields should demand a trade. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. And you can hear us anywhere you are on the ESPN app. You can hear it live. ESPN Radio, as I mentioned, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. So, Dominique Foxworth, ESPN NFL analyst, of course, and host of the Dominique Foxworth Show is with us right now. Dominique, good morning. 
What's up, fellas? What up, Nate? What's happening, D? Dominic, I want you to listen to some sound from a guy called Dominic Foxworth. He's an ESPN <laughs> analyst on the Dominic Foxworth show, and, and react to it. Justin Fields should demand a damn trade. They don't have enough good players, and their cap is messed up. They did not draft and sign all that well, and now they're in the position that they're in. But in general, like, none of that is Justin Fields' fault. Think about little five-year-old Justin Fields is looking to be a champion. He wants to be an all-time great. And now he's all grown up and done everything he could do to get here. And your bad decision, not even anybody who's still in the building, bad decision set him up to have his career squandered. Hold out. Force a trade. Uh, what do you think that guy was thinking, Dominique? Man, that guy's a genius. It's a great, this is my very first podcast, and I've already been taught a lesson that people will take one little piece of the podcast and act like that was a hot take. Like, the yep. podcast is the first episode. If you're it's lucky, about, they will, Dominique. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, should, yeah. I guess I should be happy about it <laughs> because it's gotten me on your show and many others. But, like, the whole podcast was about institutional stability, and I pointed out the fact that quarterbacks are ruined more than they, like, save teams. And if you look at the best quarterbacks in football right now, just about all of them came into good situations, which gave them the time to develop into great quarterbacks. Like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes' situation was just about perfect. Josh Allen, their situation is really good. Aaron Rodgers, when he came to career, so which situation was perfect. Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, like uh, Russell Wilson came into a great situation. Joe Burrow might be the only uh, – Justin Herbert is surrounded by a hell of a lot of talent. Joe Burrow might be the only quarterback in the league right now that I feel like came into – a bit of a mess and elevated everyone else. So like my point was not so much that uh, we need to blame the current regime in Chicago because it's not their fault. They just came in like I'm rooting for Ryan Poles for obvious reasons. And I think Eva Flus is a great defensive coordinator. I love some of the, the ways that he mixed up his coverages and in, um, in Indianapolis. But my point was just that it ain't Justin Fields fault. And it just breaks my heart to see anybody. I don't know how good Justin Fields is, but I think none of us are going to know. And it's not his fault. It's because the regime before him who mismanaged that quarterback, true, like Mitchell Trubisky, I'm not saying he's MVP caliber, but he showed us that he could play. Then all of a sudden they stopped running him. And it just, I don't know, it bothers me when I see that as a former player. I was never as talented as Justin Fields or as talented as any of these first-round quarterbacks who come into the league and are, end up not succeeding. But I just was getting upset about the fact that I don't think it's their fault, and, and player empowerment makes me very happy, and I wish that it would in, uh, infect the NFL the way it has the NBA. What would be Justin Fields' fault, uh, Dominique? He's, he got there last year, and he's mm-hmm. there this year, and he's a starting quarterback. What would be, like, what, what would be his fault that would – want you to suggest that he should ask for a trade yeah i mean that's my point is it's not his fault (laughs) none of it's his fault and i don't know i I assume that everyone who is listening to this on their way to work they there's like an implicit understanding that you're gonna give your best effort at work and your boss is gonna try to put you in a position to succeed and i'm sure all of us have stories where sometimes we felt like our company was not helping us out And I guess my feeling is that we should hold them accountable and we should all have the 
wish that we had the power and, and um, leverage to make our situation better. And I'm sure many of us have had shortcomings. Like, I'm watching the game last night, and I watched that first interception. Like, damn, that sucks for Josh Allen. Like, I, I got mad that that first interception was is going to go on Josh Allen's record. That's what I'm and saying. It's not, even it's his not fault. an interception. I know, but I'm saying that's a small thing. Imagine if you have the talent, and I don't know if this is true or not about Justin Fields, but just in general, any quarterback, imagine if you have the talent to be an all-time great and you never get to be that because you came into a place that does not know what the hell they're doing and has has their timing misaligned because they're going to squander like his rookie deal. Like Everyone knows the easiest time to win a Super Bowl is when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. They have a quarterback on a rookie deal. They've wasted two years, and then next year they're going to have to um, commit to the fifth-year option without actually knowing how good he is. And they're going to end up in a situation like the Dolphins are in, frankly, where they kind of mismanaged an injury uh, to his beginning. So now we're all going into this year, and the predictions on Tua are wildly disparate. Some people think he's going to be incredible. Some people think he's going to be terrible. And I think that's the organization's fault. And I'm just calling out to the Bears fans. I don't know why they're mad at me. I'm on your side. Well, I'm trying to hold them accountable too, well, and make sure that they do so the, the right bear, thing. Well, Nick, you know the, the whole thing is that the, the the headlines end up becoming. You know, I'm looking at all these headlines that say, you know, Dominique Foxworth, Justin Fields should demand a trade. Like, there's no context. <laughs> like you providing context, I'm like, oh, okay. Institution yeah. actually failing the quarterback more so. So, just moving forward, do you think a guy like C.J. Stroud, since we're in this player empowerment age? So look at his decision and say, hey, I'm going to tell you where I want to go more so Hell than the NFL. Yeah. Yes. So that's where we're going. I, I mean, I would, like, think about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback, the best quarterback prospect we had seen since Andrew Luck. And, yeah, and then last year he had his first, his rookie year kind of ruined by an organization that has no plan and is not stable. Hopefully um, Doug Peterson will get down there and get these things corrected. But, like, I felt the same way about him last year. The idea of the draft in general is, like, I don't know. I'm really upset yes. people this, this morning by tearing we, down their um, constructs. I want, Dominic, you got to come back to talk more about this idea because then there's also the question is, are some guys so good, you mentioned Joe Burrow, that they can elevate a bad situation? And, and it don't happen that much. It does not happen that often. That's right. And you can <laughs> waste developmental years of a guy's career, and maybe that can cause irrevocable harm. That is Dominique Foxworth, ladies and gentlemen. The show is the Dominique Foxworth Show. I'm going to give you the hottest NFL take you're going to hear all weekend. Trust me. Coming up, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Listen to Keyshawn J. Willemax live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are.